0: Hello again, everyone. We're happy you've returned for another story about the Peters family. This week's story, The Peters Celebrate Christmas in July, is about How the Peters Celebrate Christmas in July. Pretty self-explanatory title, wouldn't you say? And don't forget to listen for the hymn title or a line from a hymn within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week brothers Caleb, Micah, Jude, and Seth, with perhaps some help from the baby sis Gracie of Concord, California, sent in the correct answer of Near to the Heart of God, which was the hymn title in last week's story, The New Life of Mrs. Hicks. So how about a cheer for them? Also, at the end of the story, we will play the rest of the recordings you sent in with your favorite stories. So be sure to hang around until the very end. Now, let's get to the story, shall we? The Peters Celebrate Christmas in July. The biggest party of the year, aside from the actual holiday gatherings, was the Peters family Christmas in July party. It was a huge bash, and Mama Peters prepared all of the same foods she would prepare at Christmas time while Daddy Peters would string up Christmas lights inside the house and put up their gaudy and tacky fake Christmas tree in the living room. Mama Peters would remind Daddy every year please grab the beautiful Christmas tree from the attic and put it up in the living room. Daddy Peters always got a kick out of that and would respond, yes, it is simply gorgeous. We should use it for our actual tree at Christmas time. Penelope sensed every year that Daddy and Mama Peters were being disingenuous and silly, but she couldn't figure out why. Because to her, the tree really was beautiful. The plastic green needles the shiny silver garland and glass bulbs were a delight to the eyes. She could sit and stare at that Christmas tree all day long. And sometimes at their Christmas in July party, she would sit and stare at it all day. It would bring back memories of their Christmases in December, and she would long for the days to pass so that Christmas time could really be there. Even though she just loved the summer months, staring at the tacky tree with its string lights made her heart yearn for the cold and cozy winter months. It was just too bad that she didn't have much time to think about it because Mama Peters needed her help with the food preparations. In the kitchen, Mama Peters prepared the marinade for the tri-tip and Pearson peeled potatoes. Patience and Priscilla, the Peters' family twin toddlers, were building a big castle with their magnetic tiles. Penelope, pensive and quiet, wandered in and stared down at her sisters. "'Pen, we need help, girl. What you doing?' Mama Peters asked, amused as she looked at her oldest daughter, who seemed to be on a different planet. Oh, sorry, Mama Peters. I was just thinking about Christmas. I was remembering the Little Miss Molly box that you got me for Christmas that holds all my stuff. Do you remember that? I do. What about it? Well, that was so fun. And I just love that gift, Mama Peters. Pearson stopped his potato peeling to turn toward his sister. Hey, I know what's going on. Penelope wishes it was Christmas time because Daddy Peters is putting up the tree. I know, I just can't help myself, Penelope agreed. Mama Peters stopped making her tri-tip to put her arm around Penelope. I understand, Pen. I love Christmas too. One of the best parts of Christmas is actually the anticipation. You don't realize that until you're older because when you're young you think it's taking forever to get to Christmas. What you don't understand when you're young sometimes is the anticipation is building which makes Christmas even better, if it could possibly get better. If the anticipation weren't there, maybe you wouldn't appreciate it as much. And it's a good reminder to live in the moment and to wait patiently for God to bring what he will. I get that, Mama Peters. I remember Pastor Felsdow's message from Christmas time, and it was about that exact thing. Wow, Nellie, I'm impressed by your memory and by your listening skills, Daddy Peters said as he walked into the kitchen. I love that message, too. Well, yes, because it made me think about how I should be most excited about Jesus, Daddy Peters, and I try to remember that. Oh, praise the Lord for all the work He has done in your heart, Nellie. Indeed, I second that, Mama Peters said in agreement. I'm also thankful for the work in your heart. But now I want you to do the actual work here. So begin making the pie crusts. Mama Peters handed Penelope the flour jar, and Penelope went to work. What are we going to eat, Mama Peters? Penelope wondered. Oh, the usual. We'll have apple pie. Pumpkin pie, chocolate pie, tri-tip, mashed potatoes, fresh baked rolls, grilled asparagus, and deviled eggs. Am I forgetting anything? Oh, I am. Homemade eggnog, too. Pearson's eyes widened. I'm going to be sick after eating all that good stuff. But what I've never figured out, Daddy Peters, is why do we do Christmas in July? Oh, there's really no good reason, Piers. It's just a fun tradition we started before you were born, inviting all of our friends and family. And we just, well, we just kept on doing it. The event has grown bigger because the family sizes have grown bigger. I can't wait to see the Christophersons and the Wells family and the Hicks, Pearson said enthusiastically. So Penelope's not the only one in Dreamland, huh? But I need you to keep on peeling those potatoes, bud, Mama Peters chided. Emily's family is coming and Heather and Lisa's and Nora's and... And my newest friend Katie from camp and her family are coming. Penelope could hardly hold back her excitement. And don't forget... Grandma and Grandpa and Grandmom and Papa are coming to stay with us. They'll be helpful in preparing everything a couple of days before, Mama Peters reminded Pearson and Penelope. When are they coming? Pearson wanted to know. Tomorrow. Yay! Pearson and Penelope yelled, almost in unison. Oh, yes, and Uncle Stefan is coming, too. We haven't seen him in so long, and he'll be coming with Grandma and Grandpa, Daddy Peters added. So, Daddy Peters, how is he our uncle again? Penelope knew that Uncle Stephen was not one of Daddy or Mama Peters's brothers. Oh, he's Grandpa's brother, so he's your great-uncle, Daddy Peters explained. And he's a lot of fun. That he is, Mama Peters observed as she poured the mixture of apples, flour, cinnamon, butter, and sugar into the pie crust that Penelope had made. After the mixture was poured into the crust, Penelope set about placing the lattice over the mixture. She especially loved laying the lattice top. It was painstaking labor, and Penelope loved interweaving the dough. When she was finished, she popped the pie into the garage freezer and went back to continue helping. There was still so much to do, but it was always fun to prepare together. Mama Peters always had a plan so that every member of the family had chores that were specifically suited to their abilities and desires, so that it wasn't just a fun endeavor, but efficient as well. More than once, Penelope had noted that Mama Peters would probably have been the best party planner ever if that's what she had ended up doing. And Mama Peters would invariably respond... That it would be a dream of hers to plan parties and weddings and to oversee every detail but she never forgot to add that she could not be happier with god's plan for her life and that she was happy to use her party skills to plan events for her family who were the biggest party animals she knew the following day just before lunch penelope glanced out the window to see her two sets of grandparents accompanied by uncle stephan who were coming up the walkway they're here everyone penelope shouted so loud that she very nearly rattled the pictures that were hanging on the wall. Penelope, honey, please use your inside voice. Daddy Peters was covering his ears as he walked to answer the door. He opened the door and all of the Peters family exchanged greetings with their relatives. Uncle Stefan, ever the family firecracker, began telling jokes immediately. Hi there, Penelope girl, he said in his fake southern drawl. I noticed something shiny behind your ear there. You ain't washed lately. Penelope felt behind her ear. She was unsure to what Uncle Stephen was referring. She had showered the night before and felt a little silly that she seemed dirty. But she should have known better because Uncle Stephen, ever the joker, suddenly reached over behind her ear and brought out a shiny quarter. Well, I'll be. That shine ain't no dirt. It's the gleam of this fine quarter dollar. He handed the quarter to Penelope, who immediately put it in her pocket. It was Pearson's turn next. Turning from a southern drawl to a British accent, he greeted Pearson. Well, cheerio! Who is this fine chap? Is that you, Daddy Peters? Pearson laughed. (laughs) No, Uncle Stefan. It's me, Pearson. Why, my eyes are deceiving me. How, oh, how is this possibly Pearson Peters? What you got behind your ears, Chip? He reached over, and as he had done with Penelope, he reached behind Pearson's ear and pulled out a quarter. His silliness didn't stop there, though. He looked at Patience and Priscilla and popped a pacifier into his mouth. He had brought it with him just for this occasion, and started making baby noises just like he was a baby himself. The whole family laughed. (laughs) And Mama Peters wryly said, Some things never change. Well, pardon my rudeness, but who is this beautiful lass? And how did such a scoundrel as Daddy Peters pluck you up? Mama Peters laughed softly, (laughs) and placed her hand on Daddy Peters's arm because this fine scoundrel, as you refer to him, happens to have gigantic biceps. Daddy Peters, who pretended to be offended by the moniker fine scoundrel, lifted his arms and flexed his muscles dramatically. After everyone had gotten settled in, both sets of grandparents went to work helping Daddy and Mama Peters. Penelope and Pearson sat in the living room, chatting with Uncle Stefan. He was showing them some card tricks that seemed to be downright magical. And Pearson and Penelope asked again and again to see the tricks, to try to pick up on how Uncle Stefan was doing them. Uncle Stefan, how did you know that was my card? Pearson asked after the tenth time of seeing the same trick. I told you, it's magic, Uncle Stefan said, laying out the cards again. It can't be magic, Uncle Stefan. Magic isn't real, Penelope declared. Isn't real? What are you talking about? Then how, my dear, can I do these tricks? How do birds fly? How do grasshoppers hop? And how do trees grow taller than the tallest man on earth? Pearson was the first to respond. Not because of magic, Uncle Stefan. Oh, I disagree, son. It is because of magic that we are sitting here today chatting. Isn't it amazing to think that we came from nothing and grew into little fishies and eventually monkeys and eventually people? But Uncle Stefan, that's not how we came to earth. Penelope was growing slightly exasperated. It's all because of God, Uncle Stefan, not magic. Well, my little niece, you call it God, I'll call it magic. Now let me show you this. And just like that, he pulled a red handkerchief out of his sleeve. Only it was attached to a yellow handkerchief, which was attached to a green one, attached to a pink one. He finished after pulling about 10 different handkerchiefs out of his sleeve. Penelope and Pearson were having a boatload of fun watching Uncle Stefan. But Penelope had a persistent feeling about him. Though she enjoyed the magic show and his sense of humor, he was saying things that just didn't align with her thinking, her world view that she had been raised with since she was a baby, that God is king over all. And of all, running through her mind were the words from Psalm twenty two twenty eight, a verse she and Pearson had just learned during family worship. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Penelope didn't have much longer to think about it because it was lunchtime. As the whole family sat at the table eating the turkey sandwiches that Grandma Peters had made, Uncle Stephen told a story once again in his British accent. Okay, guys, here it is. There was a famous old town in the middle of my country of England. This town had been erected and stood as long as I can remember and well before my grandfather's grandfather was born. In the center of that town stands an ancient bell tower constructed of large stones quarried from a local outcropping. The ancient bell tower sounded every single hour of every day since the beginning of time. The bell tower ringer had the most important job in town, and it was a high honor to pass that job along over time. Uncle Stefan paused to take a breath, and the whole family sat listening intently, hanging on to every word. Well, anyway, that bell tower ringer knew that his time was drawing to the end, and he must finally find a worthy successor to take his job. So he searched far and wide, and he put out the word that a new bell ringer was needed. He interviewed candidate after candidate and showed them the high ladder to the top of the tower where the bell would be rung. He showed each one how to ring the bell with a large hammer, but no one could be found who was worthy. Finally, one man came along and he interviewed well. When it came time for him to show his bell ringing skills, he climbed to the top of the ladder and the old bell ringer handed him the hammer. The man refused and said, I don't need that hammer. I've got a special instrument that I find works out better than any hammer. And with that, the man leaned back and slammed his head against the bell, sounding out the most gorgeous and glorious tone that the old bell ringer had heard. And on the spot, he hired him. You are the new bell ringer, he told the man. The man agreed, and the very next hour, when it came time to ring that bell, he reared his head back and shot forward, ringing the bell, but at the same time losing his footing on the ladder. And when fell swoop, he shot out the opening and plunged to the ground, dead. The whole family let out a loud gasp. (gasps) Dead? He died? Pearson asked in horror. Well, the townspeople gathered around the man, and the former bell ringer, in a sad voice, looked around at all the faces. This man rang that bell as beautifully as I have ever heard, and I don't even know his name. Does anyone know his actual name? An old gentleman from the crowd stepped forward and answered, I don't know, but his face sure does ring a bell. The entire family, who had been silent to that point, burst out in laughter. (laughs) The laughter subsided, and Grandmom said what everyone else was thinking. Oh, Uncle Stefan, you are a hoot. What a long joke. But it was well worth the punchline. I thought it was real Uncle Stefan. I'm so glad it wasn't, Penelope said, breathing a sigh of relief. (sighs) Uncle Stefan, you're always so much fun. I don't know why you never married, Mama Peters added. Well, no offense to the women here at the table, but I sure don't need a ball and chain. Daddy Peters responded. Well, Uncle Stefan, I think marriage is one of God's most gracious gifts to us. But now it's time to eat. I'm starved. Let's pray and thank the Lord for the food. After lunch, last minute preparations were made for the next day's party. After putting in a good day's work, everyone was tired and ready for bed. As Daddy Peters was putting Pearson and Penelope to bed, he asked that the entire Immediately family meet in Penelope's room for a quick chat. Okay, you guys, we're so thankful for all of your help in preparing for Christmas in July. It should be a fun party. I'm looking forward to fellowshipping, too. I just wanted to connect with you two to get a feel how you think things are going with our family in town. It's great! Pearson was ebullient in his response. I love having all of our grandparents here, and Uncle Stefan, too. Yeah, it's fun. Penelope was hesitant, but she was trying to be thoughtful in her words. But Daddy Peters, I don't think Uncle Stefan is a Christian. You're right, honey. I know he says some things that seem funny. Did you hear anything like that today? Well, yes. He he talked about how magic is real, Pearson remarked. And and I, I don't know what he meant by being married, we'd be a ball and chain, but I didn't think that was probably the best thing to say, Penelope added. Yes, I know, Daddy Peters responded. I just wanted to remind you that not every one of our family members is someone who believes in Jesus. So we share as we can and we pray for opportunities to talk to Uncle Stephan about Jesus. He rejected Jesus a long time ago. He and Grandpa were raised the same way, raised by Christian parents who taught them the Word of God. But Uncle Stephan never believed it. But we praise God that Grandpa, my dad, does believe and taught me and my brother to believe. Does that mean we shouldn't love Uncle Stephan? Penelope was torn. "No, sweetie, that's not what it means. We just need to remember that you will always have people in your life who break your heart because they don't have the same beliefs as you, but we must do the best we can to guard our hearts and not be influenced by the world. The Bible warns that bad company corrupts good morals, but we still love people and we get to enjoy them." "Okay, Daddy Peters, he is a lot of fun, but sometimes it's just it's just so confusing because we don't think the same way." I get it, Nellie. And our different beliefs will ultimately divide us according to the Bible. That's why it's really hard to be best friends with someone who doesn't have the same beliefs. Because can light have fellowship with darkness? It just can't. We can enjoy Uncle Stephen, and we sure do love him. But we don't share the single most important element in our lives, and that's our love for Jesus. Before we all turn in for the night, let me read 1 Chronicles twenty-nine, eleven, and 12 as a good reminder of who's in charge. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, I'm going to say good night because we all have to get up tomorrow and put on the finishing touches for the party before our guests arrive tomorrow evening. The following morning, Daddy Peters got up bright and early, and in their excitement, Penelope and Pearson awakened early, too. It's the big day! Pearson couldn't hide his enthusiasm. I love what you're wearing, Daddy Peters. It's hilarious! Daddy Peters was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, over which he had strung a necklace of Christmas lights, topping his head with a Santa hat. Thanks, Piers. I actually bought a Santa hat for everyone in the family. Penelope stuck hers on her head and thought about the party. Only like nine hours till the party, she said, doing some quick math. Yep, you're right, Nellie. That'll give us enough time to finish the preparations. We all need to be a big help to Mama Peter's in the kitchen. After a day of baking the pies and grilling the meat and mashing the potatoes, their guests began to arrive for the Christmas in July party. One after another, they filled the house. The hot summer night seemed inconsistent with the menu offerings, but that was the point. Everyone had a blast in the air-conditioned Christmas in July environment. The White Elephant Gift Exchange was run by Uncle Stefan, and everyone was hooting and hollering over the gifts. The gifts included a toilet seat, a half-eaten box of donuts, a personalized Daddy Peter's bobblehead, a package of toilet paper, a jar of peanut butter, a giant painting of Uncle Stefan, a whoopee cushion that Uncle Stefan kept accidentally bursting, and so many poppers that the whole house seemed full of confetti. After the White Elephant Gifts were opened, Daddy Peters led the guests in singing Joy to the World. Uncle Stefan requested Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman. So they sang those songs too, but Penelope noticed how intentional Daddy Peters seemed to be in reminding everyone that true Christmas is really about Jesus. After the singing concluded, Penelope ate three pieces of pie, drank two helpings of eggnog, and was sucking on a candy cane as she thought about how sad it was that the night was ending she noticed that Uncle Stefan was sitting with the Wells family and cracking jokes and laughing with frivolity. Her heart became saddened, prompting her to pray silently that God would save her uncle. As if reading her mind, Daddy Peters walked over, picked her up, hugged her, and whispered in her ear, no one is so old that God can't save them. Penelope cried softly. She loved Uncle Stefan, and she desperately wanted him to know Jesus. She clung tightly to Daddy Peters, who stroked her hair, and he, too, prayed silently. Thank you, Lord, for my sensitive daughter. And Lord, we pray, if it's your will, that you would draw Uncle Stephen to Jesus. This is Grandmom's Corner. What a good reminder to keep praying for those we love who don't know Jesus. Do you have people like that in your life? In your family who don't know the Lord and you desire for them to know Jesus and go to heaven? Keep praying. For years, we've been praying for some of the people in our extended family. And it can get so discouraging when we don't see God doing anything. But what's important to remember is that God is in control and that he's probably doing something that you can't see. I love Job 12.10 in the Bible that reminds us that God is in charge of everything. It says, in his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. So while it's hard to trust God, and I'm not saying I'm good at it, but we should keep praying and then pray some more and some more after that, because we know God hears us and he cares. Now, last week, we played some recordings of some of you who sent recordings about your favorite story. We could only get to some of them, so we're going to play the rest of them here for you now. I liked it, the story of when Penelope got a new friend and I like it because it's a good story. I'm Weston, I'm six years old. Thanks, Weston. Weston is from Pleasant Hill, California. My name is Judah and my favorite story was when Pearson had his race and he lost it and when he went away and in sulked instead of congratulating the winner. I liked it because he's like kind of like me, how when I'm super competitive, whenever I lose, I get mad, so I kind of learned, well, you gotta have a good attitude when you lose and when you win. Judah is from Concord, California. Now here's Phoebe from Concord, California as well. My favorite story in Whimsy Lens is The Peters Peter Out. It helped me to be thankful and... We should be, be thankful for all that we have to do. My name is Lottie. My favorite story is Pearson's sleeping adventure. My favorite part is where Pearson got lost and he went to the campsite that had the fire. And then the lady who was putting out the fire, was, um, she heard him calling and then she took him to his campsite. He found his parents. Thanks, Lottie, who is also from, you guessed it, from Concord, California. Now here's Annie from Concord, California, too. My favorite is Daddy Pierus also well, for it because I lost my necklace, that's like Penelope. Well, I prayed and prayed and then I found it. And that's the end of our recordings. We appreciate everyone who sent one in. Here's to remind you that some of those stories that were mentioned, like Daddy Peter's Holds Down the Fort, that's the story that Annie talked about, where Penelope lost her locket. Go ahead and take a listen to that if you haven't already heard it. And oh, if you're wondering whether or not there was a real Christmas party in July and the author's family, that really happened. And yep, there was also an old toilet seat given as a white elephant gift. It was gross. And when the person opened it, they said, EW! And, of course, everyone laughed. The Lord willing, we'll be here next week with a new story. Bye for now.